This cocaine kitty is going to live in a zoo now. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Dance and move your legs around. That's why his body fell apart. Hard and moist. Try a taste. Guaranteed to blow your mouth, man. Guaranteed to blow your mouth, man. Take you a nap. Don't tell him we're high. Listen, we may be a little high. I mean, late. Oh, the bowl after bowl guy? He totally knew I was stoned. this person from Facebook and YouTube. Absolutely true. 100% banned from Facebook and YouTube. But untouched in podcasting 2.0 land. And coming in a little later than usual from FEMA Region 7, it is 1018 by my clock. Central Daylight robbings time. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolfcan City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you are in the bowl. And thank God for that. We appreciate you hanging out, dancing about, sparking one up with us. Spark one up. Whether you're joining us live at stream.bowlafterbowl.com or live on the No Agenda stream, or whether you're listening to this sometime in the distant or not-so-distant future, after these words have already been spoken, recorded, published, and passed out everywhere uh, great and not-so-great podcasts are disseminated. Well, that's where you'll find this one, probably, maybe. Uh, Unless they've banned this person from Facebook and YouTube. That's the beauty of our self-hosted feed. Can't ban my server, baby. Oh, man. I made it. We made it. Here we are. Yes. <laughs> Just wrapped up a class of teaching evenings uh, this week and for the next uh, four consecutive weeks. So this is week one of four. Or we might have some late bowl start times. Uh, and today is just a particularly dense, uh, topic to get into, and I'm also trying to expand where it's going, so, needless to say, I had my hands pretty full today. But, uh... Now we're a real late night show. That's right, we're a real, back to our roots late night show. You know, we used to do the show live at 10 every night, uh... Oh, yes, back in the episode 33 days. That's right, when we first started going live, it was 10 central, launch time, uh, all the time. In fact, that as above, so the bowl uh, graphic that we did does state the uh, 10 p.m. start time. God, that was uh, ancient history now. Feels like it. But uh, we're back at that temporarily. Temporarily. So apologies to the East Coast mainly. I know it's hardest on you poor bastards over there. Uh, but Pacific, man, they're like, finally. 
Bull's coming on when it's getting dark. I can handle that. Hopefully you can handle that. We're rolling with the punches and uh, still bringing you a bowl, you know? Of course. Every Tuesday, because uh, it's not a Tuesday without a bowl. That's just the decree. It's the way that uh, the way that it is. The way of the bowl. Happy Pie Day, while it still is Pie Day, by the way, out oh, there. Oh, yes. Uh, 3.14159. Two. One. Uh, uh, you that's got as far me there. as I go. You got me there. That's farther than I. Farther than I have it... Uh, memorized out that's for sure it's yeah. also st louis day did you know that oh because the area code i did not know that i got an ad for that today an ad yeah it was 314 day all week in st louis i hear wow they're really stretching it out huh yes since it falls on a tuesday it's like uh, they got to make it wide yeah you know give people a chance to shop on the saturday and it's still 314 week interesting you know, I don't think they do anything for August 16th here, but maybe they should. Maybe that'll change. Maybe that's a missed opportunity. Maybe St. Louis is uh, ahead of us in the marketing uh, department. I'd say that's probably the case. Yep. If I had to think about it for like three seconds, I'd say that's yeah, probably the case. Where did you get served an ad for the uh, for the St. Louis uh, week, if you don't mind I me asking? I was on uh, the, a St. Louis dispatch article. Ah, I see. So Post-dispatch. Yeah. Post-dispatch. Made sense. Does make sense. I was looking up St. Louis news. <laughs> C-Mike is in the bowl tonight. Uh, missed you dearly. Yeah, C-Mike. Good to see you in the bowl. He's uh, bringing peak snark to the bowl. Uh, dropping a serious shade against St. Louis and says, uh, we, have a, we have a life in KC, Sir Spencer. We don't need to have a special day. We win Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, you know. And we support local every day. There's that. Here in Kansas City. I suppose there's that. Man's got a point. Man's got a point. Uh, also, happy daylight robbings time. Mm. We're now uh, robbing it from the morning and taking it to the evening. Yeah. The kids don't like that too much. Every time this uh, rolls around, I see this meme of the Indian man. You ever see, you see the meme of the Indian man roll around? I don't. No. And it says, like, when the old Indian chief heard of the reason behind daylight savings time, he said something like, only the government could think that uh, cutting a foot of uh, cutting a foot off of one end of the blanket and sewing it onto the other end gives you a longer blanket. Oh, yes. I have seen that. It seems like one of those uh, source unknown, kind of like source needed, citation needed type of uh, new meme of an old quote situations. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe somebody will school me in my inbox of the uh, legitimacy of that quote. But uh, it is a funny idea, nonetheless. I just wish they'd park it right here. Because I, I do like the day being kind of later, you know? Yeah. I like number go up when the sun go down kind of thing. I don't know. But I'm not an early riser, you know? Yeah. So the sun being up in the, in the early morning, it doesn't really matter to me. I just wish they'd park it because uh, there's things I got to do, right? I got to change the clocks that aren't automatically changing, including uh, the oven clock, one of the least convenient clocks to change because you just hit set clock and then you have to hit the up arrow until you get there. Uh, you also, if you are an absolute cowboy like myself and you're hand hacking your RSS feed, you got to reset those uh, live item timestamps to reflect the minus five 
time zone we find ourselves now in instead of minus six when we're on standard time here in the uh, FEMA region seven. So apologies if you were uh, a little bit, what, I guess it would be early to the, uh, to the bowls with buds we had Sunday. <clears throat> I don't know. It might be an hour late. What the hell do I know? That was a great one. It was fun. We had uh, an old friend of ours, Ben Owens, on the show. <coughs> Known as Cannabinoid out there on the interwebs. And uh, he's doing some awesome stuff with teaching people how to hobby grow. And it really reminded me of like, what I'm doing for my day job. It's just basically like uh, starting off a, a cohort. It's even the same terminology, which is, I mean, it makes sense. That's what they are. But he'll start a cohort off like sprouting seeds and then he'll do virtual classes with them all the way through harvest uh, in a program called Grow Hort. You can check that out at startahobbygrow.com. But he was saying his target demo is just kind of your regular everyday average guy. Uh, and it's going through and um, just just starting them out in a two by two, easy peasy, small tent, small situation, you know. He was saying, like, I'm not a industrial grow guy. I don't have any sort of standing in that area. But for just your hobby grower who's just trying to grow some plants to smoke himself, I'm absolutely your guy. And uh, it was really cool. We had a great conversation. We also talked about all of the changes that have happened in weed since we last spoke when we were both in college. Uh, can scarcely even remember having gone to college, but this tattoo on my tit proves that I was there at some point. <laughs> So that was a grand time. Yeah, check that out. I thought it was cool. His first class of each year, the goal is to harvest and smoke your own bud on 420. That is pretty great. Yeah, that's epic. It just times out really nicely. I also like that he gets everybody an auto flower variety because you just take the light timing pretty much out of the equation. Nice. And you take out like, you know, you can really mess up a grow or send it back to veg or goof it out with uh, light leak or light exposure, autoflower don't care. Autoflower just going to bud out when it's ready to bud out. It does not care about light leaks. It doesn't care about any of that other stuff. So it's really cool that the course is designed to be like foolproof, um, cut out as many variables as you can type of thing. Yeah. And autoflower gets a bad rap from a lot of different people. Uh, No reason. No reason. You can smoke a great dank autoflower. Nothing wrong with it. And, uh, yeah, just one less thing to worry about. Am I getting my plants total darkness in that 12-hour of dark cycle? Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter with a good old autoflower. In fact, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, most people do do the 18.6 on autoflower because, yeah, give it give it that light. Give it light. Give it light. Grow them buds. Um, Speaking of bowls with buds, bowls with buds, uh, we've got one coming up on Sunday everybody's jumping up and down about your boy cotton gin returns yay cotton gin and if i'm not mistaken uh we've never had him just by himself right solo cotton gin yeah he was on uh he was here with lavish when uh we had yes a live one cotton gin and lavish a little double duty action um but uh we've never had cotton gin all by him all by himself in the bowl so that'll be a treat and uh, it's Bizzle's birthday this weekend, so happy early birthday, Bizzle. Oh, happy early birthday, Bizzle. And uh, we'll be having a grand time just talking about 
whatever they get into. And also, uh, I'm, I'm interested in asking about his node because he tells me, oh, <laughs> he didn't set up any kind of remote access to his node and then he left. And so it's just kind of, there's no babysitter. It's a, it's a lonely node, but he does have a get Albi. So he said, put my get Albi in the split. We'll work with that. So that's what we're working on. It's already in the feed. You can see it pending. If you look at it in Podverse or CurioCaster, they are the apps that show you what shows are scheduled. Uh, another clever implementation of the live item, which I uh, am very proud of those guys for digging in and being early adopters of that live item tag and surfacing that because really that is kind of where we're at with namespace additions. Everyone calls it chicken and the egg. I'm so sick of chicken and the egg. It's just there's who's using it, who's surfacing it. And we as content creators can put it in our feed. And so it's there. The data is there if you just want to read it and show anyone. But it takes an app to come along and actually surface that data to make it, I don't know, a little more meaningful, I suppose. And um, I'm really happy with CurioCaster and Podverse for doing that with pending live items. Because uh, that's a really great use case for it. Our Bulls with Buds, we announce both on the show here and directly in our RSS feed. And so for the apps that surface that, they have a nice upcoming live schedule that you can actually look at and utilize. And then when you go, oh yeah, what the hell? Didn't they say that uh, Cotton Gin was going to be on the Bulls with Buds? Well, you can pull up CurioCaster or you can pull up uh, Podverse. And now that I fixed the correct timestamp, with the daylight, daylight robbing's time in there, tells you exactly what time converted to your local time, so that you'll know wherever you're at uh, when that thing starts. Fantastic! Yeah, you'll never get stoned and miss it. That's right. That's right. And you can pre-boost. Gal is even showing it. If you uh, do a bang next in the bull after bull chat, which by the way, if you're not in the bull after bull chat, um, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You can get there if you've never done IRC. If you say, what the hell is IRC? I've never even messed with it. Well, you can just go to bullafterbull.com, click on the Listen Live link, and there's a Kiwi link right there. You can hop in in the browser. Just pick a name and come on in. I don't even need you to put a password on it, man. You can just come in. It's fine. Yeah, hop into the bowl. You can also chat uh, via CurioCaster, and I think... I want to say Podverse has the chat surfaced in their live interface as well, but I'm not 100% certain about that. Boobs would know. Boobs knows everything. Boobs knows everything about live item and just playing catch up constantly. He is astounding. He was an astounding man. What can I say? Oh, what else do we got here? Ah, yes. Uh, my grandmother's funeral over the weekend. Yeah, she had a beautiful service. Since we last spoke, that's what we've been up to. She did. It was a great service in the church that her parents were charter members of, an old Lutheran church in Des Moines, the same church my dad got married in. Uh, I've been there on a bunch of occasions, so this is kind of a sadder one, but um, there's the silver linings, and it's kind of nice to see the family and get the you know have the family see the kids. Cause it was just not often enough that we all get together in the same spot. Uh, we're all spread out across the country and mainly across the Midwest, but still, you know, it's um, being three plus hours away from the epicenter there, Des Moines. Um, it's just tough to get everybody in the same room all at once, unless it's a super important occasion such as this. So 
That is the deal there. Our oldest took it really hard. Yes. Yeah, she was pretty shook up about it. Because she's old enough to kind of start grasping, like, the that whole uh, part of never, you, you know, we're, we're never going to see her again kind of thing. Which is, I think, the toughest part of all of it, you know, when, when anybody goes through a loss is just kind of like, you always have the memories of the person you love, but the memories you have are the only ones that you'll ever have now, you know? And I think it's also tough on the kids just because they don't have a lot of them, you know? Yeah. For me, I got a life full of them. And flipping through old photo albums over the weekend, kind of revisiting those and um, just seeing so many, I don't know, great moments that have been captured. We always went to their lake house. They had a lake house at the Lake of the Ozarks, and we'd go there just about every summer uh, growing up. And uh, just to see the (laughs) growing up over the years and the changes in me and uh, the rest of my family over time, it's just kind of wild to look back and reminisce and and see all of that. So it was bittersweet, but also got to see my grandpa and, you know, give him comfort too. And it was just an important weekend and a somber one. It snowed also like absolute craziness. It looked like a snow globe. The fattest flakes probably I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was dry going into the funeral, and then we came out, and the world was a snow globe. Yeah. it. I mean, it looked like one of those old movies where they shake the soap flakes out to make <laughs> snow. Like, Yeah, it did. It was beautiful. It was a big, fat, classic snow, and it, it, it it's one of those that drops four inches in like an hour. Just stacks right up. Huge. So it was a wild one. Wild week. Yep. One day trip, too. Yeah, up and back in the same day. We got to stop by uh, Toot Toot, our new favorite, (laughs) for the Iowa trip. Toot Toot is a little restaurant in Bethany. It has a fantastic buffet. It's just like a family-style restaurant with a killer buffet. Prices are totally reasonable. and uh, The prime rib is incredible. Oh, man, they had the most tender prime rib. Holy moly. Yeah, been dreaming about it. So good. So good. And now we're back in the bowl. We are now back in the bowl, and we do have some bowlers to thank for that. Uh, They keep us rolling down the lanes every week and uh, give us the ability to also talk with buds, bring buds in every now and again. And uh, we always want to thank them up front because they bring value to the show and they keep the thing running, and it's it's like the... uh, the right foot on this march. Like we're the left foot putting it out there, putting value in. And then the bowlers are the right foot, uh, taking the second step and keeping the thing marching on. I like that. Without that value return, we would literally be limping, hopping along on one foot and it wouldn't be sustainable. And, um, the value response, it's really been tremendous and touching. I want to, I would want to say that just on a personal note, like, you know, we've been doing this thing live every Tuesday for like almost two years now. And the reason that we keep on, that we're able to keep on doing it is because you all are here ready for it every Tuesday. And we all put this together as a, as a collective, as a whole. And so that's also why we put this thing up front. We want to thank people as we get rolling. And uh, we start off with the PayPal's. What we call the old school way of doing business. 
which uh, you can find a donate button at the bottom of bullafterbowl.com in any of the pages. It's a little button. And uh, you can put any amount. You can put a little note that we will read. And you can also set up a monthly, which helps for the monthly costs going out. We just plug all of that into uh, the PayPal so it comes in, goes out. We don't have to worry about it. And uh, speaking of monthlies, we did have a monthly come in from the one and only Dan Gehring. Oh, thanks, Dan. Speaking of St. Louis, our buddy on the other side of the state there. Dan of the Millennial Media Offensive, our Tuesday buddy. That's right. His $10 monthly hit uh, just a little bit after last bowl, so we appreciate that very much. We also have uh, the great and powerful C-Mike coming in. Hey, C-Mike. Uh, like I said, he's in the bowl tonight. He's also hit us with a PayPal donation of $24.20. Woo! Thanks, C-Mike. Much appreciated. And uh, he does leave us a note. Sir C-Mike says, Someone needs to correct needs to correct Adam and Dave. Excuse me. Little man, I'm trying to read a donation out here. <laughs> uh, someone needs to correct Adam and Dave. The, alterna- the alternative for 100% is 5 by 9 and not 5 by 5 Or maybe I need to smoke a bowl and chill out. Smoke on in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sir C. Mike's trying to get a message delivered to Adam and Dave. Uh, think that Adam and Dave would need to be bowl after bowl listeners to get that message delivered. <laughs> but we do appreciate the effort. Uh, and yes, yes, uh, actually he was discussing this earlier in our little Casey No Agenda Meetup chat, which uh, I'm going to get something on the calendar for April. Uh, you better. You mark my words. Yeah, we're in the planning stages, but we're going to throw together some kind of a barbecue here real soon. Um, with burnt ends. With some burnt ends. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was saying that according to, oh, I'm trying to think, the RST system, the RST system, uh, which he slapped the Wikipedia link and everything in here. Um, yeah, 5 by 9 not 5 by 5 which is typically understood as about 75% out of 100%. Hey, learn something new every day. I am definitely unqualified to make the, uh, the correction, but a guy like C-Mike, that's a guy who knows his stuff. You better believe it. It's true. Definitely. Definitely, without a doubt. Uh, scrolling back now in the... <laughs> Helipad. By the way, we do use Helipad to read the boostograms. This is the new uh, crazy podcasting 2.0 value-enabled madness that you may have heard about, uh, where we're streaming, boosting, receiving, sending uh, Satoshis, little pieces of Bitcoin, in real time over the Lightning Network, so I don't have to wait uh, three days to clear. I don't have to ask permission to withdraw. I don't need to show my ID to some uh, weirdo at a desk somewhere. Uh, all I have to do is get my node set up, and that is my identity on the Lightning Network. And then I can receive my payments, be my own bank. I don't have to rely on uh, some other bank that may go down, may fail, may need the F, uh, FDIC to bail its ass out. Who knows what, right? We live in uncertain times, uh, and Bitcoin is a certainty. 
in those uncertain times. And so we really appreciate all of those boosts coming in. In fact, that's what the bowling pins that you hear smacking uh, throughout the show. Those are boosts hitting the note in real time. And we have a jingle. Oh, yes, and we have a jingle. <coughs> You're right about that. I should always have this at the ready. It's a learning curve. And I'm Sam gonna boost left. some stats. I've got forty thousand in my wallet. I'm 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 boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. That's right. Arfat arming us with the tools if we pull them out of the holster and use them. Um I'm really trying to find out where uh did I say Harfat? Yeah, hey citizen. Hey citizen, arming us with the tools. I'm trying to find Harfat's boost because he is the delineator, and uh, he shows us where the end of the show is. Ah, and there it is. Six days ago, fourteen twenty sats from Harfat out of Curiocaster, the big bad booster himself, uh, and that's where I know the fade out is without nice. fail. It's always in there. Thanks, Harfat. Uh, C Brooklyn one twelve bid us to uh, good night that night. With 22-22 sats out of Curiocaster. And then uh, much later in the late, late show, the post stream can sometimes get a little rowdy. And uh, we had a Booberry boost show up. one two one two one sats out of Boost CLI. He's boosting from his own node. And uh, he says, 21 nut salute. Oh, I remember. End of the lanes. That's right. Last bowl. And, uh... We have received your salute. We have cleaned up afterwards, and everything is great. I appreciate that <laughs> very much. Uh, six days ago, we got 1010 from C-Dubs. He boosted via the Podcast Index, which is a thing that you can do. You can go to podcastindex.org. Not only can you search all available podcasts that are worth searching, you can also boost value-enabled shows directly from there if you have an Albi wallet or there's other ways to actually integrate uh, and boost he has some uh, WebLN integration. It's pretty cool. And he says the horny goat weed is kicking in. We had a we had a ser serious Tuesday last week. What can we say? Lots of boosts have been rolling in, by, by the way, for Stay A While, the album that Abel Kirby and I released two Christmas Eves ago, and uh, Music Side Project. We're seeing lots of 100 sat boosts come in from that. Uh, some from Stephen B., some from Anonymous Sources. So we thank everybody for that. 6969, also from Booberry for Stay A While. And he boosted via Boost CLI, because you can boost music through Boost CLI too, of course. You can point it at any RSS feed and send a boost. He said, reach out and take it. Reach out and take it. Uh, Pfeiffer hit us the next morning out of Fountain with 11111 sats. That's five ones in a row. Uh, five Richards. And he said, accidentally left the bowl stream on for 36 hours, bandwidth boost. <laughs> well, that's very sweet of you. Uh, I'm not sure what that tallies up to, but uh, we appreciate that, Pfeiffer. Uh, he's another guy that really deserves a Missouri smash. Yet another corner of the uh, wonderful spread out state that is Missouri. And uh, most of our peoples come from some sort of edge of the Missouri uh, state. There's a lot of action on the edge. There's Columbia slash Jeff City kind of clustered right in the middle, and everybody else is pretty much on the edge of the state somewhere. Edge lords. <laughs> <laughs> 
Edgelords indeed. We did have a boost. 3333 coming in from Dame Trail Chicken. Oh, bok bok. Thank you. And uh, no note, just a boost out of Fountain. So we appreciate that. Also had a boost, 100 sats from CoinRunner7, who's a new name on the list, uh, who had a very nice message for us. He said, I ain't even going to lie. This my show. More bowls than Tom Brady. Keep them coming. Let's go. Flame, flame, flame. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's bowl. Thanks, CoinRunner7. Well, welcome to the game. For adding your two cents. <laughs> love it. I love it. You're going to upset the boomers by sending boosts like that. I'm just saying. I am very happy with it. Other people get really <laughs> ruffled about this. Uh, we had some boosts for Ben Owens, and we read those during the show. And then uh, Cotton Gin ended it up 3333, uh, which he sent in yesterday. I think he was catching up. Uh, or he was on the fade out, actually. So we were still live when he boosted from Podverse here. Uh, he said, great show, thanks. Oh, great boost, and you're welcome. <laughs> uh, 10101 sats come in from Harvhat today, right as we went live, so we appreciate that. He's boosting that live tag from CurioCaster. Uh, we also had C-dubs coming in earlier this morning with 3141 sats. That's a pie boost from the podcast index, and he says it's pie day. It is. Thanks, yes. C-dubs. We love pie day around here. Love pie. I did not eat any pie yet, but uh, everything that I've put in my mouth today has been some sort of a circle, so I think it's all right. In fact, I'm drinking out of this very circular mug of black tea, which was almost boiling when you gave it to me. Yeah, I burnt my mouth. It took a while for it uh, to get less than lethal, and I could actually have a safe sip of it. Uh, 11 821 sats from Pfeiffer. That is a big version of the Missouri Smash boost. Missouri Hulk Smash. Absolute smash for you, sir. Uh... He says, fuck it, dude, dudette, and Sam, let's go bowling. Yeah, Sam. That boost coming out of Fountain. Yeah, I'm... Sam, hold it together. He's just pissed that, you know, we're not an hour and a half into the show already. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, who can blame him? Time to bowl, little I'm, buddy. I'm sure he's not the only one. Uh, we're doing the best we can. What can we say? 4,200 sats next, coming from Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. Phoenix is back out of uh, Fountain. And... uh she, of course, says, this is a new live son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. On also, she says, smoke him if you got him. Well, we got him, so let's Hell spark yeah. him up. Thanks, Phoenix. Uh, in fact, that's a great cue to load the glass, glass blunt she sent. You remember the glass blunt? Yeah, those are awesome. She sent us a glass blunt, and uh, it's delightful. It's tasty. Also, you can check out Phoenix and Phone Boy on the Lotus Effect Saturdays at 4 p.m. Central. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, in fact, I did catch one recently. You know, we're always doing something Saturday, and of course, last Saturday was no exception. But two Saturdays back, I finally had an opportunity to hang out and uh, listen to the old Lotus Effect. And not only did we have a fantastic time, uh, but it was followed up by the live makeup of that podcasting 2.0. And I also uh, discovered Rev Cybertrucker's new um, segment over there. Nice. That yes. man puts in work. He does indeed. Yes, he does the, uh, oh, I believe it is called uh, Caval uh, Cavalcade of Stupidity. 
cavalcade of stupidity where he uh, just brings the latest uh, dumb thing that happened. Uh, Dame Bimrose used to do uh, some similar update on Hog Story. You remember that? Oh, she used to call in regularly and do the uh, latest what the fuckery or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Latest round of what the fuckery. It reminded me a bit of that kind of vein of uh, can you believe this shit went down type of thing. So awesome, awesome stuff. I, I just love our community like uh, it just keeps evolving, keeps adding, keeps uh, keeps everything sharp. Absolutely love it. Uh, and thank you, Phoenix. Appreciate you. Uh, 8888 next, out of Fountain again. Uh, Bully Steed, though, this time. Oh, Bully Steed. You also may know her as Boosty Steed. She goes by many names here in the bowl. She says, thanks for being the antidote. Tunage. And then, wow, she has just a plethora of instrumental uh, emojis here, including, let's see, we got a trumpet, a saxophone, and a keyboard, some headphones, a treble clef. Beautiful. I love the visual aspect of this boost, Bully Steed. Appreciate that. Uh, ninety four twenty four next from Make Heroism, who has a helpful explanation. Three pies. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so that's triple the pie. Pretty fly for a pie guy. Next up, forty two sixty nine from Harv Hat. That's Curio Caster's live tag uh, getting boosted there. And then we had a 6969 come in from Hey Citizen. That's his uh, calling card. 69, dudes! He says, Swaz enough karma for Pi Day. Hey oh. Appreciate that, Hey Citizen. Uh, we also had a 6969 from Phoenix. 6969, 69, dudes! That coming out of Fountain. Uh, she said, Toke Toke for Pi Day. Toke Toke. Absolutely toked. A uh, couple more here in the queue. One for 19,760 sats from your boy Dirty, uh, Dirty Jersey Whore. My mouth uh, dyslexia is getting the best of me. Dirty Jersey Whore out of Fountain says, Hot boosting. Y'all be good. <laughs> I love that. Hot <laughs> uh, boost in the bowl. Uh, should we be as good as we could or as good as we should? That's the question. I'll just let you ponder that for a second. Finally, one, two, three, four, five sats from Lavish. That's a count-up boost out of Fountain. And he says, in all caps, I might add, great show boost, blaze it. Yeah, and, blaze uh, on. Yes, we are absolutely blazing it. I want to thank all of the bowlers for helping us out, putting this thing on. And uh, thanks, Sam, for cheerleading that whole segment yeah. with, with your newfound lung power. He's really testing it out around this time every night. Oh, he's he's testing something, that's for sure. Undeniably so. He likes the sound of his voice, though, so he'll make a great podcast or something. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> this, this is true. That's, uh, that's all it takes, really. A mic and a like, <laughs> and you're off to the races. Uh, so nobody give him a mic, for Christ's sakes. Um, yeah, we thank everybody for their treasure that they've contributed, but of course, that's not the end-all, be-all of value contributions. No, we love it when you contribute your talent also. Every week we need episode art, so if you make some art, you can send it my way, com. You can make jingles like Hey Citizen, send that anywhere you want to one of us on No Agenda Social or at show at com. 
And of course, uh, if you like what you hear, you can always pass the bowl to someone else you think might enjoy it. And then there's the super simple way to contribute value week after week, and that's to leave a voicemail. Every week we have a first time I ever topic, and this week we will be talking about the first time I ever went through D.A.R.E. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right, 816-607-3663 is the number. And uh, you can text, you can send pictures, you can do uh, anything a phone number can do these days. Yeah, you can even record voice memos while driving. That's right. Like Hank Hill pro- proved last week. Like Hank Trill. That's right. Actually, that was the whole damn cast at one point. It was. <laughs> we had Bobby in there, we had Boomhauer in there. Crazy. It was a wild ride. It was. It was something else. Absolutely something else. Uh, if you want to hear the whole thing, it's buried deeply somewhere in uh, last Tuesday's episode. Wake up and like cock, I believe was the title of that one. Which, by the way, we take titles from uh, misread uh, Google transcripts of your voicemails. So that's another way to contribute value. When you leave a voicemail, you may just be inadvertently giving us a show title. And we stole that directly from our great friends at Hog Story. Dot net. Dot net. Dot net. <laughs> oh, my God. Lovely, lovely. Oh, my goodness. So this is the normal point where I uh, roll into kind of a short segment about Bitcoin, essentially. And we call it... And uh, if you were around last week for last week's cocaine shit stain, there was kind of a weirdness in the air. It was like a, uh, I don't know, I had just come back from a Bitcoiners meetup, a KC Bitcoiners meetup, and uh, we had kind of been talking about the weirdness that felt uh, like it was in the air, like maybe something was about to happen. Uh, in fact, I lifted a section from last week. So I don't know, it was it was a weird, ominous vibe even at the Bitcoiners meetup tonight where everybody's kind of like, yeah, like things aren't bad, but they feel really like not good either. It's like the, it feels like a calm before the storm kind of moment. Mm. And, uh, Boy, that turned out to be right on. Yeah, you nailed it. Turned out to be right on. Uh, The calm before the storm that everyone could kind of sense, even though we couldn't put our finger on it, uh, rolled out over the rest of that week, actually. And it started with Silicon Valley Bank absolutely shitting the bed and being taken over. Uh by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. That sounds good. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Pursuant to California Financial Code Section 592, it took possession of Silicon Valley Bank because of inadequate liquidity and insolvency. Woo! Uh, They had assets, by the way. They were a member of the Federal Reserve System with total assets of about $209 billion dollars. 
uh, in total deposits of about $175.4 billion as of the end of last year. All the deposits are federally uh, insured by the FDIC subject to applicable limits, which of course is limited to $250,000 per account. And uh, it's funny because I had, I had read whisperings or murmurings that people were already pulling cash out of that out of that bank left and right. Uh, but yeah, the thing shit the bed, and then uh, later it developed that there's going to be a bailout for the, uh, you know, the bank won't be saved itself, but all the depositors will be made whole. Uh, because, you know, we have this magical money printer that can go burr and just boom, make them whole. We say, you know, don't worry, friend. Uh, you're a nice big fat bank, so we're not going to... Um, let anybody get egg on their face over the thing. We'll print some money and give it to all of the uh, folks there. Print that money out, you know, make them whole. Meanwhile, Bitcoin has been on a, a bit of a rally, you could say. A bit of a uh, price spike. Uh, directly correlated? Well, in some ways, it seems as though people are uh, kind of trying to hedge against the inflation, hedge against the bank's uh, teetering on the brink of insanity, teetering on the, teetering on the brink of darkness. Uh, and where are you going to put your money? Where are you going to stick it in the ground? This is sort of the whole point, coming full circle back to the cocaine shit stain. Uh, if you're running a node, what does that mean? If you have a node, why would I want to run a node? Well, with a node, on your own computing uh, equipment, on your own device... You can be your own bank and payment processor. So you don't have to worry about these other guys. You don't have to do, uh, you don't have to go down with that sinking ship. You can, uh, you can ride out the storms on your own. That means you're not tethered to the dollar. That means you're not, uh, relying on some kind of a stable coin that is, you know, so stable that it's pegged to one of these. Uh, doomed to fail currencies. It means you're running your own shit in the simplest terms possible. And uh, the promise of that is kind of, I think, being realized by bigger and bigger players uh, as we start to see what might be just the tip of the iceberg in terms of these bank runs, in terms of bank failures. Uh, we had talked about it last week, how, you know, it's it's really been a shock almost that... Uh, Nothing has happened yet. No bubble has popped yet. Nothing has failed yet. Nothing broke yet. But, uh, boy, we're seeing the start of something. The foundations are looking poor, and uh, they, might, they may be starting to crumble right before our very eyes. And Silicon Valley Bank, the first to fall out of who knows how many. Uh, I already saw there's that bank in New York as well, and I would have written the name down for it uh, for you guys if I wasn't so tied up earlier my classes but uh i i suspect that uh we're just getting started here with the whole meltdown yeah i think that's safe to say don't you think and uh you've got to wonder what happens when more banks come through uh with crappy liquidity and poor practices what happens when they're not a big humongous player what happens when it's just a little bank are they going to get the bailout treatment? Do the taxpayers uh, foot the bill? And not even just the taxpayers, but anybody who uses the dollar has their dollars diluted by more printing. 
of more money. But then, you know, you look at Ukraine and you say, well, it's just a drop in the bucket compared to all the money we sent to Ukraine. So, hey, what's the big deal anyway? We can print our way out of anything. All I know is all hell is going to break loose and you're going to want a Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. You are going to want one, no doubt. Ah, Signature Bank in New York. Thank you, C-Dubs, for posting the uh, joint statement there by the Department of Treasury, Federal Reserve, and FDIC, who were all, uh, I don't know, it, it, you got to wonder what the reactions were. If all of these people were scrambling, pooping their pants, or if they were all just like laughing and drinking champagne the whole time, you know? I, I really don't know. To get inside the mind of a central banker, what does Jerome Powell really think of it all? What does Janet Yellen really think of it all? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just another game to them. Uh, but they're cranking the levers of the uh, machine back and forth uh, at a more and more rapid pace. And really, it's this uh, feedback loop where you start quantitative easing and you start printing to solve the problems. And the side effect of that is that you create more problems that can only be solved by printing. And then you're just on a runaway train from that point forward. Like, what are you going to do? You make a problem, and uh, the only way to solve that problem is to keep making that problem bigger. Yeah, but it's been this way for a while. I know. It's, it's <laughs> So I think they're just going to keep doing the same old, same old. It's mind-boggling. Just keep adding zeros. Um, what could go wrong? Maybe we can do this forever. Who knows? I'm sure we'll find out. Uh, 21 million. Why not just stop at 21 million? That's what I'm saying. Seems like a fine number. Uh, some local news. First of all, I want to apologize to everybody in the ring of fire for delays. Uh, not only with the unexpected trip to Iowa, but also um, we're experiencing some issues uh, getting a channel open from a ClearNet node to a Tor node uh, and having the Tor node add the ClearNet node to the peer, then having the clear node, uh, ClearNet node open the channel to the Tor node afterward. Uh, seems to be the on-paper solution for that, uh, but we're still trying to get that hammered out in practice, and I think a combination of the connectivity of the Tor node and the availability and me being the middleman messenger between the two parties uh, has made the situation a little more complicated, but uh, we're all getting through it, and that uh, ring should be launched by the end of the week. Um, nice. Is that ring 14? That will be ring 14, yes, indeed. Cool. Um, couldn't have picked a worse time for the mempool. Right now, we are 130 blocks deep in the mempool. Ooh. Although, it is only four sats minimum to get into the next block uh, as of right now. But man, there are so many blocks waiting to be confirmed. And the hash rate is just going up and up. Uh, we're looking at a potential 10% upward difficulty adjustment in about a week when the... Uh, Difficulty adjustment hits. So it's not going to get any easier to be uh, solving for that next block. Just more and more hash power coming online all the time. So it's a really interesting time. As we get closer and closer to the halvening, uh, seems like more people are trying to get in before that uh, reward gets cut in half. Which is coming next year. Next year. So it's, it's going to be a crazy, crazy time for Bitcoin. Over the next uh, uh, 18 months or so. Keep an eye on it. Buckle your seatbelts. Because uh, the, wi the wild ride is only just starting. Also, KC Bitcoiners are having a 
Bitcoin and coffee meetup on Friday morning. I will be in attendance. Uh, that's Friday, March 17th at 7.30 a.m. We always meet down there at the uh, Thou Mayest coffee shop in the River Kwai. So it's right by the city market. And uh, it's always a good time. It's a nice, like, casual chat about the latest news and happenings. And man, there's a lot to talk about now. It will be... Uh, it's kind of funny because at the last... At the beers with Bitcoiners, it was like... It was less talking and more of just this feeling. It was like this ominous doom, you know, mm. that nobody could really put their finger on. But now that the doom is uh, a little bit more tangible, it should be an exciting conversation, I think. Definitely. And on St. Patrick's Day. Yes. St. Patrick's Day. So, hey, maybe they'll dye the coffee green. Oh, no. Probably not. Just it's add some whiskey to it. Not exactly practical. Uh, but, yeah, you can check out all of the upcoming... KC Bitcoiners events by going to kcbitcoiners.com and uh, that's the spot. That's the spot you need to be at. Yeah, so that uh, rolls us perfectly into a, another fine segment we call Top 333 Alright Alright We had a patient this week had to wait 33 hours for a hospital bed in Hull over in Jolly England Oh Similar story. English hole. Yeah, you may recall there was someone's nan had to wait 33 hours for a hospital bed. Oh, I mean nan, yeah. I remember that. Quite a few bowls ago. But this case was a little bit different. Uh, the hospital says, well, they weren't waiting for a bed. They were waiting for an appropriate care team to take over because they showed up with a mental health crisis, uh. which the hospital wasn't equipped to handle. So they had to wait for straight jackets to arrive <laughs> pretty much yeah they had to wait until they could be moved to a different facility with staff equipped to handle mental health crises so but they did point out in this article that the longest wait for a bed was another mental health case and they waited six days damn yeah that's a long wait your mental health crisis might have just ended by then i mean uh, they must have the Mental health tool belt locked deep in some vault somewhere. Right. Then Pakistan government imposes 25% sales tax on 33 items. They're increasing the tax from 17% to 25%. Oof. Yeah. And they're doing this so that they can get $1.1 billion from the International Monetary Fund. It was part of their stipulation. Well, you need to up your taxes on things what like the fuck? food imports and SUVs. Yep. And this all took effect last Wednesday. Chocolate be damned. Jeez. Thanks, IMF. Yeah, seriously. And then 33 Senate Democrats joined Republicans to block the D.C. crime bill. This was... The first time in more than three decades that a D.C. passed bill has been nixed by Congress and the White House. Uh, reasons that they were blocking it was uh, they cited lower penalties for violent crimes and increasing the number of jury trials for misdemeanor offenses. Oh, man. Yep. And then I had a little bonus. little bonus 33 that popped up from India. I shall play it for you. See if you catch it. Narcotics Control Bureau today is going to destroy about 
330 kg of narcotic and psychotropic substance. You can see several packets yeah. of heroin, chalice and other elements lying there. They are going to destroy them. This clearly shows that how Pakistan, besides indoctrinating and brainwashing young minds, they are also trying to pollute blood of youngsters. So Pakistan can never ever be well wishes of people of Yemen Kashmir because they are trying to target youth. And youth is considered to be backbone of any region. By targeting youth, one, they want to convert them into drug addicts. Second, they want to lure them to gun culture so that the violence-related activities continue here. So Narcotics Control Bureau, they are going to destroy it. There is a furnace nearby. There is a common facility. So everything will be put inside that furnace and this will be completely destroyed. See how over the period of time, Pakistan had been sending this heroin. This heroin is basically uh, cultivated in Afghanistan. From there, it goes to Pakistan and from line of control, it comes over to this side. And these packs of heroin have been seized by the Narcotics Control Bureau over the period of time. Narcotics Control Bureau. Oops, sorry, I was about to loop. And with that, let's go behind the curtain. Indeed. We can talk about that. 330 kg of heroin and cannabis. Oh, man. They were destroying. Just absolutely destroyed. Yeah. I liked hearing that very outspoken anti-drug propaganda from India. Yeah. And they're poisoning the youth, the backbone of the regions. Mm. brainwashing them yep absolutely destroyed uh you heard those pens get destroyed by the way oh yeah uh, net ned sent us in a bed boost Fifteen thousand sats is a uh, going rate for a bed boost in this market all right thanks net ned and mm. night night so get comfy get horizontal and uh we, we'll drift you off to sleep here yeah you better be smoking a bowl sir that's right <laughs> better be doing it smoking a bowl sir uh, that's out of fountain, by the way. Thank you, Nanette. Well, the Dusty Man in the White House released the fiscal year 2024 budget request, uh, which proposes banning D.C. from allowing pot sales. This is thanks to the Harris Rider from Representative Andy Harris, which has been inserted into this budget since 2015 a year after D.C. voted for Initiative 71, which mm. legalized personal use, possession, home cultivation, and gifting. Yeah. So they have this gifting market that has evolved. And it's been a hot minute since I visited D.C., but maybe the gifting market is pretty cool. And maybe they don't want legal sales. Perhaps, perhaps. Because uh, I hear they've got a whole industry there. Of gifters. Yeah, you buy like some like cheesy sunglasses and then you get a free gift with it. Kind yeah. Kind of a thing. A bag of weed. Right. Is the gift. Yeah, you're buying like, you know, $20 sunglasses, get a little weed and sunglasses. I mean, I'm into that. <laughs> Me too. Could always use an extra pair of sunglasses. Yeah, and you don't have regulators. While I'm, while I'm smoking weed. You don't have regulators breathing down your throat, tracking seed to sale. Yeah, why not? Why not? I guess that the rider was removed from the budget last year, but uh, that was by the House that removed it, and then the Senate added it back in. Those pesky senators. Yeah. Always sneaking something back in. Yeah. Well, the Justice Department ended up backing these updated pot possession guidelines at the U.S. Sentencing Commission hearing this week, um, which would allow a judge to you know, not add points to someone's penalty that they're facing if they had pot possession 
in their criminal record. Huh. It just allows them to, you know, make their own decision there and impose sentences lower than the minimum recommendation. Well, we can't have that. Well, the Justice Department said, yeah, that's fine. They were backing it. That's fantastic. So, yeah, that's that's a step in the right direction, I'd say. I would say so. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yeah, also a step in the right direction, uh, Cory Booker. He was asking questions to Merrick Garland this week on pot policy. Merrick Garland, of course, is the United States Attorney General who was previously the judge of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, appointed by Bill Clinton in 1997. So he's got a long, spooky tenure there. And this was at the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday. This came up. He asked a question that has been on my mind recently. Uh, My penultimate question. On July 16th, uh, 2022, you said that the Justice Department is examining marijuana policy and will be addressing the issue in the days ahead. And in October of 2022, President Biden urged an expeditious review of the schedule of cannabis and directed individuals uh, federally incarcerated for cannabis possession be expunged. Um, What is the current state of the review of cannabis at the Justice Department, and when can we expect uh, policy changes on this important issue? I think everything that you said is correct. The uh, uh, president commuted sentences, um, um, and this is still working its way through the system to get the final certificates of commutation, but that, that, that is... Uh, accomplished. Um, The HHS is uh, working on the question of um, uh, scientific analysis of uh, marijuana. Um, And um, within the department, um, we are uh, still working on a uh, a marijuana policy for the department. I have to say that the crack powder thing came first in in, in my list of things that had to be done first, Uh, but that was accomplished, as, as you already know. And I think that uh, it's fair to expect uh, what I said at my confirmation hearing with respect to marijuana policy, that it will be very close uh, to uh, uh, what was done in the Cole Memorandum, Deputy Attorney General Cole in the Obama administration. But we're not, we're not quite done with that yet. Uh, my penultimate. So it sounds like they're on the first step. Gotcha. They don't have any idea if it's going to be rescheduled, descheduled, or what. And in a timely manner, this letter came out from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services head, Xavier Becerra. Uh, He sent it to bipartisan members of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus saying he just went over the process of this review to determine the schedule of weed. And it starts at the HHS. They conduct their scientific and medical evaluation. And then they submit that with their scheduling recommendation to the DEA for the final determination. So will this happen soon? Probably not. Because, you know, once things get kicked over to the DEA, they tend to take their time with it. I mean, a simple response for end-of-life treatment with psilocybin took them five years. Right. To just give a solid no answer. Just to say no, yeah. They kept saying things that weren't an answer. This is not a final answer, but you can't do it. Well, we need the final answer that we can't use it. So don't hold your breath on that. Yeah. I like how that uh, Cory Booker qualified that as his his penultimate question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you uh, know. I'm going to ax this one, but I'm going to ax one more after that. Yeah. And there there was more than one. (laughs) So 
So he can't even use it properly. Yeah, he went on for, I think, two more questions, and then someone else took their time. Normal's executive director, Eric Altieri, is stepping down. For those in the activist space who follow this news, he's just going on to work on other projects. And it sounded like outside of uh, the weed space. So he will be replaced by Randy Quast of Minnesota Normal. Interesting. Yep. Old Dandy Randy. Dandy Randy. Taking over normal. Haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, is a good guy to do it. Yeah, definitely. In my humble opinion. The Church of Cannabis in Denver is accusing the city of infringing on their First Amendment rights. And this is a case that's a bit different than most of the weed church cases we've heard about. They were founded in 2017. And an artist came along and made a sculpture for them for the elevationists there at the church. That's what they call their members, elevationists. Elevationists. Yes. Mm, okay, that's deep. They called the statue Public Defender. And it's like an 11-foot pink android-looking thing. Okay. It's just a, a lot of points, <laughs> like pointy long triangles. Okay. And it's got laser lights that can shoot through it, so it can change colors and stuff. Ah, uh, like a bunch of prisms. Yeah, prisms, prisms. And the congregants, they gather around it for 42-second meditations okay. to reflect on achieving a better self. All right. That's their religion, is just seeking a better self. Having deep thoughts for like almost a minute at a time and stuff? Yeah. Well, so it seems the, to check out. All the bowlers are elevationists, too. Yeah, just by extension. Yeah, that's what the founder was saying. He's like, we're a very welcoming church, you know? I Everyone see. can join us. Is it like uh, the Mormons where like we've probably already been baptized by these guys and we just don't even know it? Exactly like that. Have you smoked a bowl? You're in. Yeah. That's my guess. But the city of Denver is claiming that this art is a safety concern for drivers on adjacent roads. Probably because it's so prismy and bright. It's like shiny and uh, laser lighty. Yeah, it catches your eye. Distracting. Distracting, yes. Not like, uh, you know, when a cop pulls somebody over. You got those cherries and berries flashing blue, around. Blue and red blinky lights, really bright. No. That's for safety. They do that for safety, but this is uh, this is very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're staying dangerous at this church. I see. So it, they, the, city, <laughs> the entire city of Vegas is put on notice. Right? The city complained that they didn't apply for a permit. Oh, you have a permit. You have a permit. Yeah. That sounds about right. Fucking city. But after telling them, hey, you didn't get a permit for this, they mentioned, but if you did get a permit for it, it would probably be denied. <laughs> okay. So what's the point of that? Kiss my ass then. Yeah. And they also sent the founders, God, Steve Jesus. Burke, a letter saying that he had two weeks to apply for a permit or the sculpture would be bulldozed. But the Department of Transportation denied that claim. <laughs> I haven't seen the letter, but I thought, wow, two weeks to apply for a permit. I think applying for a permit usually is a longer process than two weeks because that involves people coming out and looking around and stuff. Hmm. So. For the city, man. They're going to be the worst of all the bureaucrats. Definitely. For the, the city. The city council. We don't like your statue. Not big enough to really swing dicks, but like, God, they swing them the hardest. 
And hey, it's not the weed they have a problem with. Yeah, it's the laser light show involved. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Just imagine. Yeah, I can think of plenty of other laser light shows, but I don't know. I, I'd have to see the thing, I guess, to know for sure, but it just seems a little bit bullshit to me. Yeah, it seems really bullshit to me, too. So, But then, I don't know. It's most things. Maybe I'm kind of on the fringe of, like, you know, just let people do stuff if they're not hurting anyone. Yeah. I oh, it's your safety, hey, it's your public safety. You know what I thought is someone in the area probably saw that sculpture go up and just didn't like it and then sent a complaint to the city about yeah. it. And then the city was like, ah, okay, you guys got to take that down. They got a bee in everyone's bonnet over it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of some android transformer. I don't know. It does kind of look like it's going to attack you or something. Like uh, when you fight Team Polygon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. The Kentucky House voted unanimously in favor on a shell bill to regulate Delta-8 THC. Oh, hooray. Yes, so regulations, here they come. Regulate me harder, Daddy. Now, the Kentucky Hemp Association sued the state in 2021 after there were raids on these consumable hemp products, um, and the judge sided with them. You know, they said, well, this is just common sense because it's federally legal. So you can't be raiding them and taking it off the shelves. But in November of 2022, Governor Andy Bashir issued an executive order which directed the Cabinet for Health and Family Services to start regulating these products. Oh, great. And there was a bill that the Kentucky Hemp Association came out and said, we don't agree with that at all. Like, we're going to fight you on this. Sure. And that bill died, luckily. So now this is House Bill 544, and it's a shell bill because it only makes minor changes to the language here surrounding hemp products. Uh, and I guess it's a procedural maneuver which allows lawmakers to substitute the passage of a bill and move forward with the legislation past the deadline for bills. Oh, so some dirty tricks. Some dirty tricks. But the Kentucky Hemp Association supports this one. So they have them on their side. Uh, basically, it says that you have to be 21 and older to purchase Delta 8 products, that the Delta 8 has to be produced and tested in Kentucky, and they have to develop a labeling standard instead of just the Wild West, which we're seeing now. But I like the Wild West. I, I know. It's I, been fun. I, I don't see any problem with the Wild West. No. I get recommendations on the good products, and, you know, the bad ones probably don't sell. It's police your own. It's not like the regulations on the books are going to help make better products. I mean, the the process of making better products is a ongoing dance between the industry that produces those products and the consumers that consume those products. And legislation, legislation is not fast enough to change anything. The only thing legislation does is beats people over the head and puts them in jail and fines them and shit. It just makes everything cost more and take longer doesn't actually help anybody. No, it sure doesn't. Just complicates it, makes, yep, new criminals. Just makes it that much harder for a regular average person to do business, that much easier for the entrenched business interests to keep doing business. And uh, what do you get? You get bonked over the head. Yep. Because your Ziploc bag is the wrong number of milligrams of some shit in it. Ah. Uh, 
I know. And when you have the the farm bill, 2018, 50 state legal. Come on, simple as. It's working fine. Yeah. It's working so fine, they have to make up stories to scare people away from it. Exactly. Like our parking lot treasure last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sell it to an old lady who has no idea what's going on, and then... Yeah, I bought some. I guess it's deadly as hell and whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, okay. <laughs> that was so wild. It's dangerous. Her voice. They really picked a winner, dude. They sure did. Similar story going on in Louisiana, where the largest CBD manufacturer is suing the state to keep its products on the shelves. Uh, the lawsuit argues that... Everything's legal under federal and state law, uh, but Louisiana limits THC to eight milligrams per serving, and they're selling edibles that have several servings in them. Oh, sure. And kind of getting in trouble for this, it seems. The Louisiana Office of Alcohol and Tobacco Control started removing products from retailers on January 31st of this year, and it's totally illegal what they're doing. Taking these products off the shelves so that are trying 50 to, state legal. They're trying to interpret their per serving law as like a per package law and like just re just changing what the Yeah. What the law says. Yeah. I mean, what other product do you own are you only allowed to buy one serving at a time of? Nothing I can think of. It was like nothing. You wanna buy a carton of cigarettes? Go for it. Even the one Missouri at least. Even some of the most dangerous medicines you sell, you know. 30 doses of them or whatever, like a month's supply in a bottle. Yeah, when you get your prescriptions refilled, you're not getting one pill at and a time. And then on the side it says, you know, take one, one serving. Yeah. Uh, it's your government at work, people. Yep. And to add some shit to this shit stain, there was a recent House hearing in Louisiana where the top state health agency attorney said that it mistakenly approved at least 230 hemp consumables that should be illegal. Whoops. So they have no one to blame but themselves. That's a big whoops. Now they want to takesy-backsies on it? Yes. Now they want to takesy-backsy and just take it all off the shelves and screw the store owners that bought it and the people who manufactured it. See, this is your reward for following the rules. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's why the traditional black market is the free market. And I like the Wild West. Anyway. It's the American way. It is. It is. Here in Missouri, the courts are concerned they won't meet expungement processing deadlines without lawmakers providing more funding to them. You know, (laughs) if they get more money, then it'll all work out. Well, time is money, so uh, maybe money is also time. (laughs) Perhaps. Perhaps. Of course, you know, Amendment 3, when we legalized recreational weed, mentioned automatic expungements, but the process isn't automatic at all. Someone has to, you know, God forbid, because this is their job, go on to CaseNet and open the file. Or if it was way back when, go into some, you know, archives, real life boxes on a written file, and then make sure that the charge is for weed under three pounds, and then bring it to a judge's desk for approval and redact pot from every charge on every page. I still don't understand how you can't like write three lines of SQL that just does that. Uh, I believe you can. I believe you can, but they want their overtime. They mentioned that 
there's a bunch of clerks coming in on Saturdays just to work on these expungements, and they're taking pay out of their vacation time. Which, how does that work? I have no idea. These people are a joke, man. They are a joke, <laughs> yeah. Bunch of boomers in there. <laughs> yeah. They mentioned one case, which was from 1971, said it took the clerk 12 hours just to take care of that individual case. And what's the money on the table? They're asking for $2.5 million in supplemental budget. And they also mentioned they want to hire some people not to do the expunging, expunged it, expunged it, not to do the expunging, but to lift the heavy boxes. Recalcitrant boomer. That's right, because what happens is they have to go to the third floor, look it up on a computer, write it all down on sticky notes... Put it in a box, carry the box down down to the second floor where somebody reads the sticky notes, puts them in a different computer, and then prints that out uh, on a ream printer, you know? And then you take that print out all the way up to the 27th floor, put that in a different computer. Like, what the fuck are we on? <laughs> well, I'm glad you understand how it works. <laughs> this is so stupid. It's ridiculous. Like... You know, it's not 1970 anymore. And even back then, you didn't have to do it this asinine, arcane way. No. Yeah. And I just wonder, how many trips to the archive are they really going to have to make? You know, where those heavy boxes are that they're referring to. Everything's on CaseNet. Right. From when? Like, definitely all the 2000s, yeah. You could also just put out a memo straight up that just says, when it comes up, delete it. Yeah. You know, so if... If if a cop's pulling it up, oh, that's irrelevant now. That's flagged as expunged, right? Yep. And so, oh, it's flagged as expunged. Oh, that's a weed charge from uh, X date. It's expunged. Everyone knows it's expunged. Yeah, like you It could just be a memo. It could. I don't understand. I don't understand how this isn't... It just, it just demonstrates the total and complete lack of creativity from the bureaucratic class. Like, we could solve this in so many different ways, and yet, no, no, we need two and a half million dollars, or it's never going to get done. (laughs) Okay, okay. you suck. Yeah, basically. So misdemeanors in Missouri are supposed to be expunged by June 8th, and felonies by December 8th. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, they're already whining and trying to make up their excuses ahead of time. We got several months. Just get to work. In St. Louis this week, there's a watchdog who filed a complaint on the city council. And uh, that's because they had a no-debate decision to spend $300,000 from the taxpayers on an educational campaign for the 3% sales tax they want to add to recreational weed sales. So... This complaint was filed by Tom Sullivan with the Attorney General for violating a state law that bans the use of public funds for campaigning. They also had an oopsie because they changed that spending amount from 150000 to 300000 without a published notice, which violates the Missouri Sunshine Law. <coughs> whoops. Yeah, big whoops. So uh, the complaint requests fining all of these, it was actually St. Louis County Council. So finding all the county council members and requiring another vote. 
So if a vote isn't taken, it requests that the county council be taken to court and uh, has legislation nullified as law allows. So how does fining uh, a, a government official actually work? Does it come out like their personal cheese? Or is that like uh, out of their pay? Or is I mean, does the taxpayer get stuck with that at some point down the road? <laughs> That's I what just, I was wondering. I feel like all turds roll downhill and they hit the taxpayer in the head. Hey, taxpayer, you were going to have to pay 300000 for our campaign. Now you're going to have to pay... A hundred thousand. Now you got to cover this asshole's fines because he got fined. <laughs> yeah. He was working on your dime, so uh, you pay it. I'm sure it just gets washed out somewhere, right? Yeah, it's that's, got to. That's the level of corruption we live under. Yeah. Uh, this Tom Sullivan guy, though, he said he also reached out to Assistant U.S. Attorney Hal Goldsmith and suggested federal interve- intervention because... As he says, local officials consistently refuse to take action in regard to election laws. Weird. Right? I wonder why that is. <laughs> so that vote, by the way, is April 4th, adding a 3% tax on top of the tax that already exists for recreational sales. Well, God, if there's one thing that we need in this society is a little more taxes, higher taxes on more items... Maybe taxes and then tax again on the same thing. Well, we have to cover the fines. Yeah, we got to cover, you yeah. know, we got to <laughs> make sure that everyone gets expunged, right? So, so you know, a two and a half million dollars ain't going to raise itself. It's not like we can just go print that. We got to take it from you. Yeah. Out of what you earn at work. Lovely. In North Dakota, folks are receiving postcards with a North Dakota phone number that says the state is offering cannabis dispensary licenses to persons convicted of a cannabis offense. Own a planted cannabis dispensary at no cost to you. Must have a marijuana conviction on your record to qualify. And then again, an Espanol on the other side. And this is coming from this group, Planted Cannabis. And they're from Illinois. Read that sign, you're like, oh, hold on, let me go puff a joint in a cop's face really quick, and I'll call you back. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what's the deal there? Um, so the attorney general of the state found out about this and questioned the intent and is thinking about what to do next. You know, sure, is this sure. a scam or what's going on? Um, Maybe if you, some proxy license. You know, you can score a good equity license and then just have, you know. Well, this is in, for Illinois, though. Mm. So if you call... There's a message that says they're no longer accepting applicants, but it sends you to a website to enter information for the next lottery that comes up in Illinois. Ooh, okay. And this card also got sent out to Utah residents, and the Department of Agriculture and Food in Utah issued a warning against it, saying, you know, just throw it out. Yeah, it almost sounds like just like a data harvesting scam. Sounds like fishing. Yeah. Yeah. They just are like, yeah, (laughs) but... Put your name, address, and credit card number here. So this publication reached out to the owner of Planted Cannabis in Illinois, and his name's Mike Smith. He said, yeah, he was recruiting people to open dispensaries in Illinois through their cannabis social equity program, and he denied that his recruitment tactics were scams or phishing attempts. Sure. Which is something a scammer might say, (laughs) you know? Of course. But he said... Could be, could not be. I mean, I'll give him that. His scheme here is that he finds applicants who qualify for social equity program 
and then he funds them, and then he partners with them on their business. Right. Which, of course, is a huge scam. Right. It's a proxy license through, it's like what I said, yeah. Exactly. You're basically getting a license, but you have this uh, soft applicant that's going to be pushed to the front of the line that you're applying through. Yep. It's like, uh, yeah. In his own words. Straw buyer. In his own words, he gets more balls in the lottery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more balls in the lottery and better balls, too. He gets weighted balls. Yeah. Equity applicants. E- equity weighted balls thrown in the lottery on his behalf. And it, First it, in line. It's a straw purchase, you know, essentially. Yeah. For a fee. This dude, he says he's working with his attorneys to send cease and desist orders to the Utah Agriculture Department. <laughs> for their warnings against him. We'll see who wins in the sword fight, I guess. And then he said he picked the states with the highest amount of pot arrests per capita Ah. to send his Shotgun spread wide, right there? Yeah. That's smart, man. That's a guy who's looked at the data. That's right. He could be a robot. He's probably got a couple lawyers. He could be a robot. (laughs) Maybe he's an AI. He's got an AI lawyer and everything. That would be very on trend right now. Hilariously, in North Dakota, if you have a drug-related misdemeanor offense from the past five years, you cannot work in or own a dispensary or manufacturing facility. So I guess you might have to move to Illinois. Hmm. Just kidding. Don't move to Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) Not medical advice. Now, our breaking news from the last bowl was that Oklahomans voted against legalizing recreational weed in their state. Right. And we heard from Ben on Sunday that it's pretty loose. It sounds like it's pretty loose out there with the medical program. Sure. Which isn't surprising. Uh, But he did mention farmer's market weed, and that got me very stoked. Yeah, no doubt. For Oklahoma. Like, the future is already here. That's cool. Seems solid, yeah. And also, it's important to never underestimate, like, the entrenched player, entrenched industry's ability to say, hey, no, let's not fuck up a good thing. Like, if they do have a good thing going there. And whatever bill that's proposed is puts that in jeopardy or in doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That could be another reason why it swung so hard. No, because it was, it did, the numbers, it got did, slammed. The numbers did surprise mm-hmm. me. It was a pretty clear message. But the thing is, everybody's going to take it and interpret it as their own little political football. You know, like the preventionists will go and take it and say, well, that's because Oklahomans now reject marijuana altogether. Everyone's getting too high. We need to roll it back. Yeah, mental health. When really they might have just been saying, no, like, we like what we have right now and we want to keep it this time around. Yeah. Well, the governor of Oklahoma was asked asked about this at a press conference and I clipped what he had to say. Ooh. I think Oklahomans had a lot of fatigue around uh, marijuana and they clearly do not want recreational marijuana. It went down. I don't think anybody expected it to be defeated that bad. But as I was traveling the state, I knew uh, Oklahomans didn't want it. They were so tired of a dispensary on every single corner. Uh, So clearly we don't want medical marijuana or we don't want recreational. And I think there's an appetite to tighten up uh, the medical side as well. And Oklahomans voted on that, and, and, and Oklahomans have a big heart, as we all do, that, that if it's going to help someone medically, we want that to happen. Uh, but we, we don't believe that anybody with a hangnail should be able to get a medical card. Why not? And, and we have to get control of that industry. Adria Berry is doing a great job. Um, we have done drug bust after drug bust after um, 
uh, drug bust <laughs> tightened up nice. last year. I think there was 12 different bills that I signed. One of them was the seed to sell. One of them was we put a moratorium, no more new licenses. We have to get control of this. Secret shoppers. Uh, we want to make sure oh, that we boy. tag every plant. We passed a bill uh, that required grow operations to submit electric and water usage because that's a way that we can see what's happening. Are they really, are they growing more than they're, than they're reporting, right? Uh, th there's enough marijuana, I've been told, grown in Oklahoma uh, to supply the entire United States. That's not what that's supposed to be. This was supposed to be medical use in the state of Oklahoma, and it's gotten way out of control. So we got to get rid of the bad actors. We've got to make sure we get control of that industry. And I think Oklahomans overwhelmingly uh, don't believe in, in recreational marijuana. You heard the governor. He said that that's a direct challenge to all Americans. We are now challenged to smoke all the weed in Oklahoma. That's right. I bet it. I bet it could be done. Definitely, easily. I bet it could be done. Challenge like the, accepted. Like the great smoke off we played into the uh, into the top of the hour. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, it didn't help having those stories about the Chinese nationals growing pot like sure. the week before the election yeah or not election but the vote <laughs> yeah i thought that was you know you could see the media manipulation coming into play yep that's the perfect that's the political football i'm talking about right there it's like uh oh yeah this is they don't want they clearly rejected medical or me i mean i mean recreational marijuana and <laughs> yeah and maybe we take another look at medical you know maybe we can roll that back rein yep. it in it's like all the things he bragged about are the things we rag out all the time. Capping, stopping the expansion of licenses given out. Um, what else did he say? He forgot the word after saying like, it twice. Drug bust drug after. Drug bust, yeah. Drug bust after. Do, 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 uh, drug bust. What, are, what do they call them again? Oh, yeah, drug bust. <laughs> it's like he said it twice, dude. You forgot it the third time. The magic three. Yeah, hmm. that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. Funny is a word for it. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just look into uh, preventing foreign nationals from buying land there and doing bad shit. Don't blame the pot. Yeah. It's China. China is asshole. China's asshole. <laughs> Everybody knows that by now. Yeah. Meanwhile, in South Dakota, Governor Kristi Noem signed two pot bills into law this week. The first, House Bill 1132, revises provisions regarding the duties of the Medical Marijuana Oversight Committee. It just says they have to meet twice a year and make recommendations to the legislature about things like qualifying patients in a timely manner, uh, the effectiveness of licensees and testing facilities, how to safeguard to make sure that only cardholders have access to weed, ooh, and then, you know, labeling. The huge. Yeah. Then she signed House Bill 1150, uh, which was billed as something to waiver fees for medical patients. But when I read the two pages of this bill, it looks like you will only get your fee waived if you're renewing it. So first timer, first time new patient, you got to pay the, the troll, troll toll. toll. <laughs> Indeed. And after that, when you get your follow-up assessment from a practitioner, as long as you refile within 60 days the fee is waived mm. so oh boy just pay once yeah it's free the second time yeah right now well that's uh 
It's a step in the right direction after It all. is. Yeah. It is. A little baby step. The Texas House Public Health Committee just held a hearing on a bill to expand their incredibly limited medical program. You know, it's a CBD only with a very short list of medical conditions that qualify. Kind of yeah. like how Missouri was within this, uh, or in, you know, a decade ago or so. And Texas Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller appeared on the Lone Star Collective podcast. And I was uh, surprised to hear what he had to say. I use a thing called cowboy logic. A lot of people call it common sense. It's kind of rare anymore. But you've got oh, about a plant. Uh, doesn't cause anybody any, you know, it's a plant. Doesn't cause anybody harm. There's no harmful, really harmful side effects from it. Unless, uh, especially if it's, you know, processed in, into medical. Uh, so I think I was quoted that, you know, hey, if it'll have a toothache, I'm for it. It's not, this is not near serious as things we already prescribe, like oxycodone, oxycotton, hydrocodone, fentanyl, you know, narcotics, amphetamines. Those, those are the bad ones. This is not, this is not a bad, harmful drug. And we've come so far along in, in the last, uh, uh, six to eight years that we have, very sound science. We know what medical conditions that uh, that cannabis can treat and, and be beneficial to. So my position is we just need to open it up, quit picking winners and losers, uh, allow the doctors to develop that uh, relationship with their patient and let the doctors decide how to treat your patients and, and uh, get bureaucrats and elected uh, people out of making those decisions. Cowboy up. Cowboy up. Always nice to hear a Texas politician not calling weed bad. (laughs) Use some cowboy logic on weed? Yeah. Yeah, it's refreshing, man. That's nice. Just a little cowboy logic, that's all we ask. Yeah. It's not difficult. Come on, man. Yeah, it's common sense, in fact. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from Bolivia, who is seeking to have the UN end the global coca leaf ban. Of course, uh, it's been... Schedule one of the single convention of 1961, I guess they call them conventions, Uh, so it's been prohibited since 1961 under the UN, and uh, Bolivia is using its right as a signatory to international treaties to ask the World Health Organization for a critical review of the coca leaf properties. So now the WHO will take at least a year, of course, preparing reports to uh, make recommendations on the status of the coca leaf. And then... uh, Free the coca. Yeah, free the coca. It's a plant, for Pete's sake. Plant medicines. That's right. So they can, of course, you know, remove it, deschedule it, or reschedule it under something less strict than Schedule 1, where it's at now. And the earliest vote could happen with the 53 countries of the commission by the end of 2024 or the beginning of 2025. But I think, you know, that's, that's pretty hopeful that they would do it as soon as possible. Yeah. But Hey, chomp that coca leaf. There you go. Makes nothing but sense. <laughs> that's all. That's all for buying the curtain tonight. That's the whole curtain run. All right. Well, thank yep. you. Uh, this is always a great spot to check in on the rev. See where he's at on pie day. Where's he rolling off to? He does have a metal moment for us, uh, which I bring you now. 
In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Back in 2014, when I still kind of watched television, I was rather stunned when a pair of teens came onto America's Got Talent. Coming from several generations of classical musicians, including their grandfather, Leonid Rubitschik, a principal cellist and cello professor, Emil and Daryl made it all the way to the finals on AGT that year. And although they were eliminated, they've had quite a career since. Direct from their YouTube channel, this is Emil and Daryl with a cover of System of a Down's Chop Suey. Holy smokes. Oh, that was excellent. Fantastic, man. Burning the cello down. I like that clippy sound, too. Yeah, shika, 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 whatever. Yeah. That was pretty good. Excellent pick, Sir Rev. Uh, you can follow along with his adventures at no, over at noagendasocial.com, at Rev Cyber Trucker. That's where you'll find him. Uh, and thanks, Rev, for another satisfying moment of metal. I love it. Other satisfying moments ahead because... We always talk to the bowlers about the first time that they ever did a thing. Uh, and you can get in on that action by calling 816-607-3663. And, uh, yeah, this time we're talking about the first time I ever went through D.A.R.E. The D.A.R.E. program. First time I ever went through D.A.R.E. And uh, we got some people weighing in already, it seems. I can tell you about the first time I went through D.A.R.E. Right first off time? the bat, if you want. Well, you can. Let's hear it. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Is that the magical year they do it? Uh, In my town it was, at least. You go to middle school, it's fifth through eighth grade. So yep. like you walk in looking like a child, and when you graduate in eighth grade, you look like an adult. Uh-huh. So it's a, middle school is so weird. You it's know, a you weird got these time, yeah. Big kids and little kids walking out at the end of the day. But they prime you in fifth grade to not succumb to peer pressure. And they've got the school cop teaching it. So then you've got this one-on-one with a local cop. 
Which, you know, I was always a good kid in school, so that was kind of nice, having that connection in case something ever happened. But it was uh, really, it seemed to focus mostly on internet safety. That was like the big thing. I remember he had a poster with pictures of all these drugs and like some, I think they were like fake versions of drugs, you know? Yeah. Like just flour in a bag. Oh, it's Coke. Lookalikes. Or whatever. Props. Uh, and it was, yeah, it just looked like a crappy school project. Yeah? It was literally <laughs> just like cardstock little tent thing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and written in marker like cocaine, marijuana. Oh, Lord. And so, and then they would show the picture of methed up people, you know, yeah. missing teeth and all these pock marks on their face. Faith of and the it, meth. Yeah, faces of meth. And they would say, this is what's going to happen if you use drugs. All drugs, you know, it wasn't just meth. It was like, this is, you know, this was Sally when she was 16. And then she used drugs and looked like she was 86 at the age of 26. Stupid. And then <laughs> uh, a lot of kidnapping stuff. Hey, you're a kid. Don't get napped. Makes sense. We actually had a computer game that was about, like, internet literacy to avoid getting picked vanned. up. Yeah, vanned, exactly. Don't get vanned by strangers. Yeah. Or anyone. Even if they have ham sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. That's great advice, actually. Yeah. I have to tell my kids all the time. Don't take candy from strangers, dang it. Well, uh, we know this next caller would never take uh, candy from any stranger. It's Token Tuesday, where you get all your tokens in the bowling alley and play the pinball game and, uh, and, uh, and uh, air hockey and whatnot. You know? All that fun stuff. Get those tokens. Definitely. Dare. I mean, there was a time I was triple dog dared and uh, I licked a pole and then my tongue froze to it. And then, you know, <laughs> the firemen, fire people, fire persons had to come out and... Yeah, rescue me. I don't know why they just couldn't put a little bit of water on there and melt it, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. There's that. And, uh, That's a classic. Then there was, you know, way later on, there's that time that, uh, you know, Greta dared us all with, uh, you know, that we'd stop farting in the air or whatever. I don't know. Stop <laughs> using that spray-on deodorant that you found at Goodwill. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how many dares are there? I don't know. Something to do with drugs, but I mean, why? I don't know. Why? Yeah, anyway, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, <laughs> the train pulled out of the station. Yeah, never went through the dare program. Remember a joke on some song, it was like, don't do drugs, let the drugs do you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just don't do them, period. So I don't even partake in in. In that marijuana thing, just because. Would you hit this vocal? I don't care if people do, just don't. But, you know, here I'm talking about it on a podcast all the time, or call a podcast that talks about it. Anyway, I did have to say, though, <laughs> that uh, the, the, the bull with buds on. Uh, uh, I listened to that yesterday while I was running, since uh put that in my rotation since uh, there was no. Uh, uh, well, whatever podcast was supposed to be. Uh, Grumpy old, not grumpy old Ben's, uh, like on the name. Planet Rage, since there's no Planet Rage. So that was interesting hearing all that, uh, insight that you guys had with, uh, I don't remember his name. Anyway, but yeah. So thank you guys. All right. Well, I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And whether it's, uh, windy and the clouds are moving by at a quick pace or it's blue skies and sunny or 
whatever else you can have, you know, you know what to do. <gasps> That was a great one. That echoed throughout the land. Oh, man. Christopher Battles. It's like uh, the clockwork voicemail. Yep. His high is the runner's high. Definitely. There you have it. And uh, farting into the air and using spray deodorant. Yes. How dare you? In other words, you know, breaking the rules because you're cool. Staying dangerous. Dangerous voicemail, indeed. Uh, This next caller never shirks away from danger either. Um... Yeah, there. I never went through there. Um, I think. I mean, they had uh, they had like programs where they have people come in and talk about drugs. Uh, I don't remember any of them really offhand, other than uh, a teacher that would play a video of a guy. I think his name was like David Toma, or I'm like I might have the name wrong. I know he used to play this video, and the guy was very uh, either New Jersey or New York accent. And supposedly he's like an ex-cop if it was Manhattan or something. I don't know. Long Long Island. I don't know. Anyways, uh, he... Uh, My name is uh, Agent McMurphy. Do this, it was like a video of him talking to kids. And it was this, uh, I don't know, just like fear-based stuff. Like, we had to pick Johnny's brains off the, bo- off the highway tonight because he smoked. One friggin' joint! And stuff like that. It was kind of like overly dramatic, but yelling. Oh, jeez. Um, almost like a Morton Downey Jr.-ish, if you remember him. It was like the original talk show guy. Yeah. Smoked cigarettes on a show. That was pretty... He was, he was cool. He was kind of... He's a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was cool to watch, because it was like around time Springer was coming along, and uh, I don't know, Jerry was kind of a uh, milk toast. To me, I, all those shows, you know, they fight on it. Like, there's no Coast Jerry over on the side, like, nah, you know, yeah. uh, trying to razzle people on by just asking stupid questions. But, um, yeah, so there was that. And then I remember when Dare started coming around and ended up reading about it. And I don't know, I don't know if somebody, like, pointed out to me just how much of a, almost like a scam it is. Uh, I know that there's all sorts of studies that show that it, uh, it doesn't do anything like it, or in some cases it increased uh, drug use among students. Mm. I know my sister's kids went through it. Uh, I think they even had like a little graduation and everything uh, <laughs> from the program. I don't know. Everybody else probably knows more than I do because I've never been through it. But I will say at a time when, when they went through it, I was like, holy crap, that stupid shit's still going on. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> My sister say, "Oh yeah, it's, you know, it's just teaching kids about drugs." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's such a—it's an utter waste of freaking money. It's a, you know, it's just like a a big time waste of money." And uh, so, anyways, seeing that your question was what it was tonight, I decided to Google Dare, and Dare's still around. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, is when you go down, scroll down the website page, it says proven, effective, and evidence based through multiple <laughs> studies. Safe and effective. Uh, that was the longest thing for so many years. That oh, he bumped into the edge of the voicemail. Uh, he did call right back to get the end in. I got cut off. I heard Anyways, um, proven effective and evidence-based through multiple. Anyways, there was all sorts of studies I know for a long time that were saying that it actually the only out uh, result of it that they could find was that it might have increased drug use. So 
Anyhow, that's my experience with Bear. In the bowl! In the bowl. In the bowl. His experience with Dare is looking up their website. And you see that, like, uh, cartoon lion they got on all their shit? Yeah, Darren. Darren? <laughs> yeah. Darren the lion. Darren the lion. Darren the cokehead. <laughs> Darren the secret. Darren the closet cokehead. I, I always thought he was lion. on roids. <laughs> roids. <laughs> Just kidding. He'd be a little more y- yoked if he was on roids, man. Yeah. He was pretty something. pumped. He's... I have to see another look because I too didn't go through Dare. Oh. Like our dear friend Kohler. Because you homeschooled from middle school. I did, yeah. I was you homeschooled from fourth to eighth. So I missed the whole junior high thing. Yeah, you didn't get your drug catalog. I missed the um, whole, they te- they do the sex video, whatever. Have you seen the video? Did you see the video? That's what people used to say. <laughs> or they'd reference the video. It'd be like capital T, capital V, you know. Just the way they say it. Fucking not, I still don't know what the hell it was. Probably some like lame, boring birds and bees video, you know? But they like separate the boys and the girls. Then you have to watch a different video. Anyway. Yeah, puberty, it's fun. Missed all of that, yeah. Missed all of that. I did go public kindergarten through third grade, though, like the early days. And back then, like all the way back then, we did have a red ribbon week. Like all the elementary schools, like every school. K through 12 in the district would like have something in their face about Red Ribbon Week hmm. every year. Uh, I haven't heard of that Red Ribbon Week. Yeah, they have Red Ribbon Week. And that's put on by the uh, National Family Partnership, former National Federation of Parents for Drug Free Youth. But I guess that was a little wordy. So they trimmed it down at some point. Yeah, a nonprofit founded in 1980. Oh, wow. It's older than Dare. Uh, they are, they claim to be the oldest around doing the drug prevention. But yeah, Red Ribbon Week takes place each year, October 23rd through the 31st. So it's that perfect, like, Halloween time, you know? They're doing Operation Bad Candy at the fucking Sheriff's Department, and everybody's doing some kind of theme. And the drug prevention people do that uh, shit as well. Mm. So they would have just like a red ribbon pin, you know, you'd wear your red ribbon. To what, so you're drug free? Yep, drug free is the way, way to be. Would be the thing, which I was like, I didn't even know, you know, what the fuck his drug was. I was like, oh yeah, that's bad. I don't do that. Yeah, Fucking exactly. I'm five, I'm six, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got <laughs> perfect age to be like, no. What about the kids now though? They're on Adderall. They're on Ritalin. They got all these scripts. Oh, Are man. they drug free? They started no. them too soon on the Adderall shit, man. Way too soon. Yeah, they should be saying no to that as well for Red Ribbon Week and the rest of the weeks. That's right. No doubt about that. Rest of their lives. The rest of the life. Plant-based medicine. You have another caller. Caller's having a dance party. They're getting down with their bad self. Cheers. A wild Quirkass appears in a dance party. Yeah. Oh, I miss Quirkass. And I love Quirkass. Much love, Quirkass. Thanks for the ring. Yeah. And the dance party. 
A good little dance party picks you up at the end of the show. You gotta love that. And you gotta love the bowlers. Uh, always telling us the first time they ever did a thing. Yeah, thanks, bowlers. Uh, we you keep us a, bowling. We have a whole list of potential new ones around here somewhere. I remember the first time you ever grew something, or first time you ever planted something, first time you ever had a gay experience came up last week. C-Dubs had a, another idea today. Well, he's like a idea factory the for first, first time, time I, I ever... The first time I ever got spanked. Oh, the first time I ever got spanked. All right. You want to go with it? I'm into that. All right. C-Dubs wins again. First time you ever got spanked. Yeah, why not? I have a button for it, so... Perfect. Why not do it? We want to hear about it. Yeah. For next bowl. You can call any time, day or night, at 816-607-3663. Now there's only one thing left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. Let's do it. There was a motorist in Ireland who got caught 33 times without insurance and decided to appeal their sentence after committing the same offense. Nice. 33 times still seeking an appeal. Never give up. Never surrender. I like that kind of attitude. Me too. And you know what? The judge did suspend the final two months of their five-month sentence and said, this is the best I can do. Hey, you know what? Never hurts to ask, right? Better than nothing, I guess. Say <laughs> two months better than nothing. That's right. Uh, then this story came out of Ohio this week. So that arrest actually happened in January when Cincinnati police officers went to arrest a man. Well, they opened up his door to search his car and an exotic cat ran out and ran up a tree. And we got called in to get the cat out of the tree. Ray Anderson works for both Cincinnati Animal Care and the Hamilton County Dog Warden and says initially the cat was described as a leopard, but officers soon learned that this cat was a serval. Hindsight being 2020, uh, it probably would have involved a whole lot more people. Anderson says that the serval weighed around 30 to 35 pounds and was not excited to be removed from the tree but was successfully rescued. Officers then called an exotic cat expert to learn what to do next. He told us I don't know how an officer got this cat out of a tree. I'd rather deal with a tiger. So in that case, the medical staff at Animal Care Strong. provided several tests to check on the cat's physical health. In the process of getting the cat out of the tree, uh, obviously the cat didn't want to get out of the tree and our officers were, were working very hard to make sure they didn't lose the cat in the process. Uh, yes, the leg was broken in the process. I know he's healing. After doctors worked on the servo's leg, they conducted a toxology report. It did come back positive for cocaine. Now we, we can't say how the animal got cocaine in the system. I don't even know if it was just uh, incidental, environmental, or anything like that, but it did test positive. After the cocaine findings, the Hamilton County Dog Wardens conducted an investigation. Hamilton County Dog Wardens were looking into uh, the possibility of pressing charges, but everybody was very cooperative in this case, and we didn't feel it was necessary. Isn't cocaine on, like, all kinds of shit, though? Like all money. Yeah, dollar bills. Yeah. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. I feel like them tests turned up high enough can find it all over. Yeah. This cocaine kitty is going to live in a zoo now. Oh. We should go visit. <laughs> which which zoo is it again? Cincinnati. Ah, Cincinnati. Why not? Yeah, you know, just a hop, skip, and a jump away. C-I-N-C-I-N-Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is the year of the cocaine animals, I guess. I guess so. Insider had quite the story this week about an 82-year-old charged 
with selling fake Michael Jordan rookie cards. Oh, no. Yeah. And his name is Mayo Gilbert McNeil. Never trust a guy named Mayo. Come on. In four years, he made more than $800,000 selling fake cards. Whoa. And I guess the card that you really want if you're a collector is this 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan rookie card. Okay. And because one sold for $130,000. Damn. So that sets the you know price point pretty high. Uh, and I guess you can... Uh, it's like a cardboard, like a card stock that's mm-hmm. pretty easy to mimic. So, of course, that's what he did. And he posted it online on an auction site for sale at $4,500. So the first victim in this case thought they were getting a hell of a deal. Sure. You know, bought one, was like, hey, you ever find another one? I'll trade you two Tom Brady cards for it. Real Tom Brady cards, you know? Oh, damn. So he lost his Tom Brady's to this... Uh, Fake. This fake fake. Trade you the Brady's for some shadies. Yeah. Now, if the name Mayo wasn't a red flag enough, the second one was that when people asked questions or interacted with him on whatever online auction site, I'm guessing eBay, but they don't say it in the court documents, he asked them to take their dealings off-site and start talking via email. Uh. Isn't that like... The big flag of a scammer right there. Yeah, definitely. So. Hey, let's communicate on my servers. I think that. Not on neutral servers. When things started falling apart for him, it was when he went into a sports card store in Las Vegas with a fake ID that had his actual picture on it. And he made a deal with them in 2015. That kind of probably tipped some people off because they figured out, hey, this isn't legit. He was putting the cards in these plastic cases with a PSA 10 grade at the top. So it looked like, oh, this is a mint condition, just what you want. Oh, man. So he was faking the grade and fake, like, just everything about it? Yep. Yeah. And it wasn't a PSA case. It was just a regular plastic case that you can get from anywhere, I guess. Oh. But the grading he made look pretty legit. So he's claiming, oh, yeah, it's in court in Brooklyn right now. Where victim one, the one that lost his Tom Brady cards, is from. And so uh, he's been charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And he says he didn't do anything wrong, but he's facing up to 20 years. The guy told the judge, uh, I want my Brady's back, Brady's back, Brady's back. (laughs) Yeah, he is. (laughs) I would too, man. (laughs) That's nasty. But I was thinking... Ooh, buying cards online, that's kind of a dangerous game. How do you validate their authenticity I guess with you a don't. picture? Yeah. You can't. Nope. And of course, with these, you know, uh, websites where you're buying like secondhand goods, uh, you don't get your money back. There's no. Right. Oh, let me send this back. It's not real. Yeah. I would recommend buying all potential collectibles in person. <laughs> I mean, come on. Definitely. Oh, a trucker recorded something creepy on an Arizona highway at late at night. It looks like a ghost. I'm going to post it in the chat so that uh, everyone else can look at it. And of course, for those of you looking listening in the future, it'll be in the show notes. 
So this trucker was on State Route 87 at 2.30 a.m. their local time, passing the 200-mile marker between Phoenix and Payson, Arizona. There were no other cards in the road. And then you just see it looks like a pair of legs. I I watched the video. I looked at the screenshots. Looks like a see-through pair of legs standing on the side of the road, and then it just comes forward like it's about to step in front of the truck. In and this it, still, it almost looks like two-thirds of a Teletubby or something. <laughs> Teletubby's got legs, man. It's definitely got some legs. <laughs> and it like comes forward towards the truck like it's stepping out in front of it and just kind of dissipates. Um, but I guess that the locals really think this stretch of road is haunted because of all the fatal car accidents that happened there. So there was actually just one a week ago. Oh, weird. Yeah, Two cars collided and one person died. So uh, about a mile away from where he was that night. So it could be that person looking for uh, weird, looking for their body or their vehicle or something. I'm looking at the slow mo replay. The slow mo replay is where it's at. It looks like it's walking. It's like walking out in front of the truck. Definitely something there. <laughs> yeah, definitely something. What it is? Wow. It's almost, freaky. it's almost freakier at real speed. At real speed, it's like, did I see something? Was there a flash of light or like some glare that, you know, got picked up? Mm-mm, don't know. It's uh, spooky. I will tell you some of the spookiest feelings I ever got though when we were driving to uh, Bisbee, Arizona at night. <laughs> it was spooky out there. I this whole know. thing is very, very spooky. Very spooky. Very spooky. Spookerific. Well, a Kansas boy had a not-so-spooky find this week. He found a pink grasshopper in his yard. He's eight years old from Arkansas City. And I guess he was looking for regular old grasshoppers. And then he saw a pink one. And so the pink grasshoppers suffer from erythrism, which is a genetic mutation resulting in overproduction of red pigment. He, of does course... It, does it make him suffer? Well... They don't usually live very long because predators can yeah, spot them out. they like, don't blend in very well. Yeah, lickety split. Yeah. Yeah, they're grasshoppers. They're supposed to look like grass. Makes it's got sense, pink. Yeah. It looks like a rose. Mm. So the kid put him in a jar with some leaves and water, named him Pinky. <laughs> All right, Pinky. Yeah, so he'll have uh, the longest life possible for a grasshopper. <laughs> Hilariously enough, we had a very similar story on a bowl a while ago when a guy from Ohio was doing work in Texas and found a pink grasshopper. He also named it Pinky. Nice. Yeah. And I guess there's a lot of pink grasshopper sightings in Texas. So Everything's pinker in Texas. <laughs> yep. Not just uh, the grasshopper predators, but yeah, it makes it much easier for little boys to find them, too. Well, I'm glad they still look for grasshoppers, because that's definitely what I did. When I was yeah. Little. I had a bug collection and shit, you know. Insects are fun. Catch cool ones and do the little alcohol thing and Yeah, man. You pinned bugs? Oh yeah. See, I n- I never did that. I was in that. I shit. tried to with a butterfly and it fell apart and it really bummed me out. Butterflies I touched are the tough. wing. Butterflies are tough. You got to get them into place like right away. Yeah. See, this guy was dried up by the time I found it. But it was pristine and then I was moving it and it was just like my finger just nudged up, touched the wing, fell apart like dust. Big old bummer, man. Bummer. Not a bummer for this guy, though, in California who caught a carp on a flooded road. 
Just got out of his car. Pick that sucker up. There's dinner. It's like Al Gore said, fish in the streets, fish in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny enough, traffic stopped because no one wanted to run the fish over. <laughs> it's, it's for everything, man. So this guy just got out and grabbed it and was like, yeah, here's dinner. Okay. Threw it in his car, got back, moved on his merry way. It I would guess. be weird to run over a fish with a car, though. Uh, I feel like I'd rather just take it home and clean it. You know? I Definitely that, but to just stop and not do anything? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Most people just will pull to a full stop and just stare at it. It's like they're waiting for the fish to flop out of the way. <laughs> yeah, or something. Huh? That doesn't surprise me at all, man. Yeah, and I mean, tra- there's video of this. There are cars backed up, man. There's a line of people wondering yep. what's going on, why everyone's stopped. Average commuter man. Uh, Is that a fish? I believe that's a fish. That's a big fish. Fuck where I was going. There's a fish right there. <laughs> that fish might hurt my car if I hit it. Yeah, there's always that to consider. Yeah, I guess there was a stocked lake nearby that spilled out. Uh, Lots of fun going around. That sucks. Yep. Yeah, you got to tell the insurance company that you were struck by the fish. You were struck by the fish. That's right. Ideally from behind. Yeah. <laughs> back, <laughs> but just back into the fish. Well, you know, whatever you're into. <laughs> In Spain, a judge ordered a man to pay his ex-wife $215,000 for 25 years of housework. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Cashing in. She exclusively cleaned. That's how she describes the situation. 250K for 25 years? Yep. It's like $528 a month. Okay. They, the judge calculated it by looking at the minimum monthly wage for a professional housekeeper over those years. Uh-huh. And then took the average. So this woman raised her two daughters, took care of her husband, and kept the house impeccable. And that is a job. True. That's a tough job. Good for um, her. But she argued in court that her dedication to home and family left her unable to pursue her own career opportunities while her ex-husband built a successful gym business and accumulated and exponentially increased his assets. So she felt like her 25 years of marriage uh, left her economically threatened, worthless, independent. So this $215,000 should help. Get you on your merry way. Interessante. Muy interessante. <laughs> uh, we'll never part, but I'm just saying if I tried to like ask a judge for house cleaning fees, everyone would just laugh, <laughs> <laughs> including me. I wouldn't be able to deliver that with a straight face. Well, you know, I, uh, I took care of the kids and I cleaned the house. <laughs> now that's a damn lie. Be like, judge, judge, would you like to come see what? Let's what, see the house. Did you? Do you like a tour? Let's look at photos of the house. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I'll put you on FaceTime. Just a second. Oh, gosh. A Utah man walked into a bank and handed the teller a note, which said, please pardon me for doing this, but this is a robbery. Please give me $1. Thank you. And the teller did. And then he waited and he waited and finally prompted an employee to call the police and was like, I just robbed you guys you know, for a dollar. And the police came and booked him into Salt Lake County Jail on a robbery charge, even though 
as he later said, he wanted to go to federal prison. Oh, so close, so close. <laughs> you have to just really go for it. You know, you can't be polite and ask for a dollar. You got to do like 100000 Or just, you know, say put the money in the bag, bitch. <laughs> I think that line is the key. That's when the charge uh, escalates. Yeah. yeah. And you might have to leave with the money. I don't know. But they don't clown mask? Would clown mask help? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's more threatening when you can't see the person's face. Yeah. This is a 65-year-old man. He just wanted to go to prison. If you bring like a Nerf gun or something. Oh, yeah. Nerf gun, but you spray paint it silver, you know. But it's like, it's still got a dart. It's going to come in. Yeah, so the, So like, you've tried to make it look really real, but also there's a dart sticking out of it. Yeah, there's a tell so that people don't freak out and shoot you, but still could be a gun. When the cops arrive, you shoot them with the foam dart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be the way to do it. Assaulting an officer. With a Nerf dart. It's still assault. And it's still a robbery, even though it's $1. That's crazy. Oh, it just, it made me kind of sad reading that and wondering... What his life is like that he wants, he demands to go to federal prison. Yeah. Like, let's es- let's escalate this charge. I don't want to be in this county jail. I want to go to federal prison. Man. Maybe get, uh, maybe he gets people in there. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe his family. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to be with his family. Don't know. We'll never know. Because they don't report on these interesting facts, you know. They just tell us the outline. <laughs> don't dig deeper. Yeah. Or his attorney was like, dude, shut up. Don't talk to anyone. Oh, here's a story for the kids. (laughs) A woman reported her husband missing in April of 2022. She said she spoke with him the day before, and all he said was, I'm leaving work early. And she got home, and his car was parked outside, and his wallet and keys were in the car. But he was nowhere to be found, and she couldn't reach him. Uh, so she's like, shit, husband's missing. File a report. Police came over, searched the house, no trace. But they did make notes in their report that the residence was a hoarder home and had a sewer-like odor inside. Oof. So she called the police again and said, you know, there's a there's a pretty bad odor. I'd like you to come check it out. And they came and they searched again and they noted this odor this stank uh but they said it was the same stank and they didn't find anything oh no come december 11th of 2022 this woman still hasn't found her husband feeling pretty down decides to pull out the christmas decorations and decorate the house lift some spirits and she kept her decorations in a concealed storage closet in the bedroom she went in there And what did she find? There's her husband hanging. He hanged himself. But of course, this is eight months later, so he's also mummified. So he basically put a do not open till Christmas sticker on it. Yes. He did the deed. (laughs) He went in a place that- He stunk his full stink, and they couldn't find him. Like (laughs) his full stink cycle went through, right? To yeah. what it goes to mum by by the time you get to mummified, you got no stink left. Exactly. Plus, you can get nose blind to some things if you're exposed to them. Like, 
Uh, yeah. And around the clock. That's fucking crazy. Porterhouse. Probably got. Per- oh, I don't uh, like. Ugh. Yeah. That's nasty. It's dark. Gets another one. <laughs> they did a toxicology screening somehow on the mummy, and it was positive only for ibuprofen. I didn't even know that you could uh, search for that. Damn. I didn't even know you could do a toxicology test on a mummy. I'm sure you can do it on a lot of things. I mean, it's still got organs even if they're dried up, right? Oh, yeah. That's well, true. The only thing that leaves is the water. All the shit you can test for stays there. Ugh. Grody. Super grody. That brings me back to that serval story. Uh, the reporter did not say to- toxicology report. He said toxology. Hmm. And that made me giggle. Bowlers will have to go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> and my final well, story. those pins that you heard. Oh, yes. That was boobs slapping us with uh, Sacker Richards. Five of them. Hey. 11-111 sets uh, from Boosie Eli saying full stank. Nice. Bag of dicks for the full stank. Full stank. Absolutely stanky with the boost. <laughs> yeah. That was a stanky story. I mean, and it's like, it just kept giving <laughs> that me because- was a Christmas ruining stanky story. Thank you for bringing that- in fucking March, because any other month would have been Well, that's what I was just going to get to. She found him December 11th, and all they reported was, hey, uh, his body was found, so we can no one needs to keep searching for him. Even though they called the search off uh-huh. like a month before or something. Interesting. They said, hey, we found him. He was deceased. This, the story just came out because the coroner- Revealed the cause of death oh. and then had to elaborate on it. Christ. Yeah. So that's why it's uh, coming up now in March. Well, they uh, they did the right thing. Give it some time to breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to air the stank out. March is a great time to <laughs> drop this one. Yeah. Holy shit. The Ides of March. Oh. And I've got a clip from my last story. Uh, it may make you uncomfortable oh great <laughs> it was uncomfortable she was uh, covering her eyes and there's big fat guys laying there like this no i don't i, I don't want to see that kind of stuff <laughs> these beachgoers are talking about nudists on playlinda beach boardwalk 13 which allows nudity had been close to hurricane damage but is back open but beachgoers say some have still been heading out to other areas naked there's no law against being nude officials say there's no federal law addressing nudity on this beach since this is a national park but according to the Brevard Sheriff's Office parts of the beach are on state property where it's illegal to go nude there was no sign there was no warning for us to know what we were gonna experience Megan Donaldson says to make matters worse there were two men doing something else with children nearby my husband noticed that they were both um, doing lewd acts Um, to themselves. She says by the time rangers came, the men stopped committing the act, so no arrests were made. And some nudists told me off camera that they too would like to see marked boundaries with warning signs because they don't want children to see them naked either. If they want to live a naturalist lifestyle, they actually absolutely should be able to. But where do their rights end and our rights begin? Because we don't share that lifestyle and we're still waiting to hear back from the canaveral national seashore and the national park services about the issue cape canaveral man yeah man that's like a no nudist spot yeah well what i heard 
to the grapevine was that there was like some kind of flooding and weather event up at 13. And so people have been mm. pushed south because of that. Yeah, she did and mention that hurricane it, damage. Yeah, it used to be like 13 was the spot, you know, and like, so just don't fucking go all the way out there. Yeah. And everybody played nice. But then when 13 got wiped out, you couldn't go there. They just went anywhere? Then they were like, yeah, fuck it, we'll go anywhere. They got bold. And was he wanking the willy? Was he wank? Are you wanking the willy on the beach? Come on. Yeah. I know. It bums me out with shit like that because when we went, there were actually families of nudists there. Yeah. There were people, you know, mothers and fathers with their children. It's just like, you're just fucking, you're just naked. You're not fucking. That's the thing. You're right. just hanging out naked. Yeah. And then they bring this and, guy and you're baiting at the beach. into it. You're at the beach where it's like naturally a place to do that, you know? Yeah, people are already 90% naked at the beach. Yeah. Just the difference is the sand doesn't stay in your ass crack. It falls, you know, down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a big fat guy laying there. It's like, uh Oh, and then the whole where do their rights and our rights, you know, debate. That pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if you can be naked there, you can be naked there, and you can just not look. How about that? There's that. I just don't know how... People get freaked out. Somebody else is naked. No. I never understood that either. But, you know, they, there's this mentality here in America where there's a... Well, hell, when I was in kindergarten, they put a sticky note over the Statue of David's private parts. Yeah, you know, we like, refer to them as private parts, even. There's no, um, there's no context anymore for non-sexual nudity. It's all, like, immediately sexualized. Yeah, terrible. I mean, he's flaccid. Come on. <laughs> but yep i guess uh i guess we did our cape canaveral romp at a good time yeah times are weird but uh it'll all be fine and you can always take your clothes off in the bowl that's right or leave them on yeah it's optional but uh what's not optional is rolling another one every Tuesday night and we are going to keep doing that bowl after bowl for y'all join us Sunday when uh, the infamous Cotton Gin will be back in the bowl Cotton Gin Sunday that'll be at uh, 9 central daylight robbings time and then of course next Tuesday and every Tuesday forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever I will be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. You'd love it. The blush you have after orgasm. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. That guy's fucking right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Ta-ta there, retard. And I'll fight you. Oh, you know what? You're fired, bud. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowl after bowl till he's sick.